Hi everyone, welcome back to the Introverse Media Podcast. I'm Helena and I'm going to be one of the hosts for today's episode. And for some background, I'm a high school student in California. Hey guys, I'm Mia and I go to school with Helena. Today we're going to be talking about our experiences learning languages and some tips we want to share with you guys. So yeah, with that being said, I'm going to kind of talk about my background with languages. So I pretty much learned Chinese first, actually, but then I went through the American school system. And so now I'm more fluent in English than I am in Chinese. In fact, my Chinese is actually pretty bad. I probably <laughs> would not be able to hold a conversation when I'm in China. Um, and I also learned Spanish in high school for two years. And for me... Chinese is my native language. I came to the U.S. when I was in fifth grade, and I picked up English at that time, um, like by going to the same school with Helena. And then in high school, um, I took Spanish for four years now. And like on the side, I also self-studied Korean, and I studied French in middle school. Yeah, so identity-wise, even though we're both like Chinese people in America, I think we have vastly different experiences with like, mm -hmm. me being Chinese-American, you being Chinese in America. Yeah. Could you talk about your, your experience being Chinese-America? What's the assimilation like? How are you still holding on to Chinese values? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I feel like I definitely assimilated to um, American culture in some aspects, like my diet, the way I dress, the way I talk, and also like just perception, perspective on things. But on the other hand, I do feel like my family did a really good job keeping our Chinese traditions. We celebrate Chinese holidays. We're always like calling our families in China. And we do have our community as well in the place where we live. So, um, and I do feel like it's important to hold on to that tradition because it is what's supporting you and like what we consider as like the root of our identity. Um, and what about you as a Chinese American living in America? <laughs> I think it's interesting because you have that like Chinese culture and you still celebrate, you know, those Chinese holidays. Mm -hmm. I don't celebrate Chinese holidays that much. Mm -hmm. um, the most I do is kind of just eat mooncake and <laughs> gather with my family on Chinese New Year. It's not really um, very, uh, it's not the same celebrations people in China would do for sure. Yeah. yeah, at the same time, I'm really not sure what American culture means in a sense. Um, I understand like there's definitely the diet, right? I'm eating American foods, but it's also like I'm not, I don't strongly identify with being Chinese because I'm not really ethnically fully Chinese. I didn't grow up in China. I don't know the culture that well. I only know it secondhand through, you mm -hmm. know, my parents who tell me things or mm -hmm. Chinese dramas and just like the media, even like the media in America, right? Like what I see from China in America. Mm -hmm. So I, I just don't have that same type of exposure to what life is really like there. So um, if you did get the opportunity to go back to China and live there for a while, would you be up to do it? 100%. I've really? actually wanted to go back to China <laughs> for a long time. Uh -huh. And I'm only really able to in the summers when I have time. But these past few summers have not been super great, you know, with the COVID situation. Yeah. And I've been kind of busy past few summers so i really hope to go soon maybe after senior year and first of all definitely help me improve my chinese speaking abilities you know reading abilities and also sure. connect with my family there yeah maybe we can go take a trip together <laughs> yeah we should yeah we should um and <laughs> and since both of us learn like more than two languages what would you say is the most difficult language to learn for you 
For me, well, I only have really English, Chinese, and Spanish. And、mm-hmm. English came easy because it was pretty much the first language I more like officially, formally learned、mm-hmm. through the school system.、Um, yeah. And then there was Spanish. It's very similar to English. I would say like grammar structure, just you can directly translate things from English to Spanish, is what I feel. So it was, it was easier than Chinese. I would say definitely Chinese was the hardest language for me to learn and pick up. Because it's just not intuitive. Because when I went through like, elementary school, I'm learning、mm-hmm. English and my brain is kind of geared in learning language like that. Chinese、yeah. is very different. They don't have, like, for instance, they don't have conjugated verbs. It was really、mm-hmm. hard for me to understand、yeah. grammar. And there are just so many characters to memorize. It's just, <laughs> it, it was like not making sense to me. And I just、mm-hmm. didn't have as much practice with it. I wasn't watching Chinese dramas back then when I was studying in school, like in、mm-hmm. Chinese school.、Yeah. So there was just nothing outside of Chinese school. And when there's just school、mm-hmm. and no other outlet for me to practice or just, Exercise my Chinese speaking,、mm-hmm. it's、yeah. definitely hard to pick things up quickly. Yeah, and that's actually very interesting because for me, like as a native Chinese speaker, like learning conjugation was like a completely new concept for me. Like, why would you add an S to if it's like,、um, you know, third person talking? So that was really new to me. And like, that was actually、um, a grammar concept that I struggled with when I first picked up English. But I would say for me, the most difficult language that I learned out of like the four languages it would be French. Um, and it was a really sad story to it. I really wanted to <laughs> learn French because my friend was learning it, so it was kind of peer pressure. And so, like, oh my gosh, it was such a hassle. Like, we went through this whole process of、um, getting like, a letter at my middle school and then like, going to the college to sign up for lessons, and we paid like $500 to actually get the lesson. And guess what? <laughs> I couldn't do it anymore. I quit halfway during the semester and I didn't even go to the final and I ended up failing the class. And it was like the first class I ever failed. So that was very, very sad. So I would say French is the hardest language that I've learned so far. Like the grammar. It just didn't make sense. It's kind of like Chinese for you, but the grammar just didn't make sense to me, even though like, it should be similar to、um, Spanish and English, right? But it just didn't make sense. And the pronunciation was really hard. And like, what, what's the most important is that I don't feel like I was that interested in like, the French culture and just like, in general. Like, there wasn't anything that really sparked my interest and passion. And that kind of leads to the first tip we have for you guys when learning a new language is that interest is the key. Being interested in the language that you learn or just like anything you do is so important because your interest and your passion should always serve as the, the main motivation for you to do things. But for some students,、um, especially students in China, when they're learning English, it's more just like a subject for them. So, how can they? Find things to spark their interest in English to help them、um, succeed? I think the short answer here would definitely be to you know, gain exposure to、um, American lifestyles or just like English on YouTube, social media,、mm-hmm. um, and kind of, I don't know, get attached to maybe American actors or just like English speaking actors,、yeah. um, literature, anything like that. I think when you learn English, you're not just like learning the language, you're also getting access to the culture and like being able to understand maybe some of the American slang, American jokes, and just a lot of、um, things that come with it. Being able to, you know, watch 
good vlogs, good videos, good movies, um, read good books without like needing translations or anything like that and really understanding um, the culture behind everything. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I really liked your point of attaching to um, like a channel or just like a person because that's what sparked my interest for Korean. Like I was obsessed with this (laughs) Korean actor. And I think not only just celebrities, but also like check out YouTube or there are a lot of good channels on Bilibili as well or other like other platforms that speaks English. For example, check out Interverse Media (laughs) if you're interested. Um, Yes. And yeah, and then my example for that, it's not really with English, it's with violin, but um, I really like this channel called Two Set Violin, and they really inspire me to practice and pursue my passion with violin whenever I'm feeling down. And um, I think interest and in, like your relationship with channels or media stuff will be what will push you through when you're feeling down or when you want to give up. So on the flip side, in my experience, when learning Spanish, I didn't really have much interest going into it. I kind of was just forced to do it because you need to create, you need to complete like certain number of credits in language uh, Mm -hmm. to graduate high school. So that's what I did. I took two years of Spanish and throughout those two years, I didn't really develop an attachment to the language. So it was really hard for me to continue because I also didn't really see any use for it in the future. Mm -hmm. And so I definitely, there were definitely fun parts about learning Spanish. If you're interested in learning Spanish, um, like the songs are always fun to sing along to, like Como La Flor. Yes, love that. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, and also just like the class itself is was pretty fun um, because of the students there, I think. I was able mm-hmm. to, you know, talk to people in a different language. It's pretty new experience because in like, at least in our school, in our area, mm-hmm. you don't really start learning a new language, a foreign language until high school. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, Mia, I know you're still learning Spanish right now. Do you still find it fun? What do you think about it? So, I started learning Spanish in eighth grade um, pretty early. And in the beginning, I like I walked into the classroom knowing nothing about Spanish and Spanish culture. So, like, I would say my interest for Spanish in the beginning was pretty low. Like, it was, like, literally none. <laughs> and what really sparked my interest with Spanish is my teacher. Um, I think teachers play a really important role in, like, just... Mm-hmm. Um, sparking your educational (laughs) um, interest overall but that's what sparked my passion for Spanish Uh, she was really like responsible and she really she does a really good job immerse um, the students into like the Spanish culture and I really like that but after I got into high school though I didn't really um, feel attached to any of the teachers teaching Spanish and so my passion for Spanish died down like a lot and at that point like for the past three years I've been doing Spanish for the sake of like just getting good grades and passing the class and like I found that really unhealthy because I'm just learning the bare minimum grammars like I'm not going beyond the, the textbook the curriculum mm-hmm, to know mm-hmm. to learn more about like what natives would speak um like I'm not constantly searching for new materials for like uh podcasts for tv shows to watch like I'm just literally completing the bare minimum and that was really wasn't helping my Spanish speaking skill and what change this year was um i already mentioned it but that korean actor she speaks spanish uh she studied abroad in spanish went in during college in spain in spain yes and i was like wow that's so cool i want to speak spanish as well as her too um and so like that sparked my interest in learning spanish and i just 
started actually looking for things to listen to for people like native speakers to talk to and then i just realized how bad my spanish was and how like the last <laughs> three years of learning spanish did not help at all and so that also just another example showing the importance of actually be being interested in a language a subject instead of just completing it for a class because my opinion on this is that like you're already putting the time to do this why not make it better like why not set the goal to be able to communicate fluently with a native speaker instead of just um completing your classwork so i think that's important like even if you're just learning english in the classroom it's important to turn it into your hobbies turn it into your passion so you can go above and beyond Yeah, I think that those are all like really good points, and I I feel like I got a lot of takeaways from your experience. Wow. Okay. Because I know I know like in other subjects, especially when you talked about you know the teacher that really sparked your interest in it.、Mm-hmm. I know in a lot of subjects,、um, people say like, oh, they got into math because they had a really great math teacher、yeah. one time,、yeah. and it just like for one grade, like especially in America, because you know teachers change every grade.、Mm-hmm. So, I think. It kind of shows you need a reason beyond just that. You actually need a reason for learning the language, and with that reason, you're gonna push yourself to、mm-hmm. go beyond just what is required on the test, what is required in the curriculum,、mm-hmm. and actually want to do more with it.、Mm-hmm. So I think yeah, just relying on like teachers or some like someone else, I guess it's not sustainable. You really need、um, like an. A very strong reason、mm-hmm. to learn it in order to continue motivating yourself. So I think that kind of leads us to our next tip. In order to maintain that strong motivation, you need to constantly immerse yourself in that culture and environment. So we kind of mentioned、um, this already, but one way to do that is basically watching TV shows or listening to songs or like watching movies. Um, get like familiar with the culture just through media. Yeah, I think in addition to. Maintaining your motivation with like the culture, it also gives you lots of opportunities to practice listening, to practice speaking,、mm-hmm. things like that.、Um, I know it's not feasible for everyone to just travel to the country where that language is spoken,、um, but there are a lot of other things you can do, right? Like watching videos, watching movies,、um, reading books in that、mm-hmm. language. Again, those are all great ways to practice,、yeah. and you're you're like. Obtaining a lot of stories through that too. You're obtaining the culture. You're practicing、um, the language. There's like so many benefits of just kind of going beyond the textbook, right? And looking and researching things for yourself.、Mm-hmm. So yeah, you also don't really want to just mindlessly watch videos, right? And just kind of be on、mm-hmm. very passive mode,、um, not really absorbing the information. So Mia, do you have any tips for people who want to learn through like、uh, media?、Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure.、Um, and so, starting off with just the type of things you need to watch, I really feel like TV show is a good place to start, especially like American sitcoms, like for example, like Friends, Modern Family, or How I Met Your Mother. Like these are classics that you can watch. And like if you are at a relatively young age, I would really recommend you to watch Modern Family first because all the dialogues are really、uh, you will use、are、it very common. Like, yeah, very common. You will use it in everyday conversation. So、um, it's a really good place to start. And then some strategies when watching the dramas is that make sure you have both the English and Chinese subtitles on. Like don't just have the Chinese subtitle and not have the English subtitle. 
because once you do that, like all you're gonna be looking at is the Chinese subtitle. I'm kind of doing the reverse, uh, where I'm trying to learn Chinese through Chinese dramas, right? And yeah. so when I learn through that, um, I'm turning on like the Chinese subtitles. Sometimes I'll go and like replay scenes, like if I don't understand the Chinese there, I'll go with the English subtitles and then replay it again. Oh yeah, sometimes I'll reenact the scene. So I'll kind of memorize the lines and you know, wow. be in my room by myself wow. acting out the oh scenes. <laughs> um, I know that's really cringe, but when you really like a show, honestly, mm -hmm. like how can you not reenact the scene? To, like, yeah. It's just so emotional, so impactful. <laughs> it really like mm -hmm. left a very great impression on me. Yeah, that's kind of actually how my sister learned English. So she has a really like strong passion for English, and it started off with I think watching um, Twilight. <laughs> um, and Twilight. she would yeah she no it was literally so long ago it was like several years ago like what she would do is she would print out like the entire script of the movie and she would like read a line <clears throat> she would read it line by line look up the word she doesn't know and try to understand it just with english and i think like that's a really good way to learn it it's kind of similar to how you act it out right like um i think printing out the mm -hmm. script and not memorize but really get familiar with important lines are a really good way to learn also another thing is that when you're watching the tv shows notice phrases that you think you will want to use in your everyday conversation so pause when you see phrases like that um, like it can be as simple as like kids get down uh, to eat breakfast and then you can pause that like take notes when you're watching shows I think that's very important like take notes of vocabs you don't know and also like phrases that you think are very common um, in English like on a notebook or on your phone um, I think that really helps because my mom she watches American TV shows all the time but is her English good? No. So if you just watch it, if you yeah, just, you, if you, yeah, if you just watch it without thinking, like if you watch it without your brain, um, and just looking at your native language, yeah, the subtitle of your na native language, that really doesn't help. Yeah, you have to remember, you're also watching it, not just for the sake of entertainment, but like with the mm -hmm. intent of wanting exactly. to learn the language. And yeah. Um, yeah, I think there is a lot of work that goes into it if you want if you're taking notes actively if you're you know mm -hmm. like your sister printing out the script and you know yeah. memorizing it or something like that mm -hmm. um i do realize like it can be overwhelming especially if you are not familiar with a lot of words mm -hmm. i think from there you want to start with songs like i always love learning through songs because it's catchy right it's stuck in your head you kind of remember <laughs> the lyrics yeah and that's how we actually learned spanish at first like we started spanish just kind of learning songs with it um oh, and really? so i think that's a great way to memorize things mm -hmm. memorize like words i know like songs don't really have the best grammar mm -hmm. but the words are definitely there the vocabulary words yeah so yeah songs are sure. definitely good mm -hmm. and i think um besides some like tv shows i also have a few apps that and i think are really good to get yourself immersed in another culture the first one is YouTube or Bilibili because there are just so many good videos, um, like vlogs, oh sorry, vlogs, <laughs> vlogs and, mm -hmm. um, or like short skit that are really interesting. Um, and like it's, I think it's honestly the best way to get to know like the real side of an, like another culture because on TV shows, like some of them are either like over exaggerated or really like doesn't fully represent the truth. And I think like if you look up like a high school or just 
our channel, Interverse Media. Um, you can see mm-hmm. the like, yeah, like morning morning routine of uh, like a like actual American high schooler. What students' response are to the quarantine and a lot of other things. So um, definitely check out our channel on YouTube, and Bilibili. Yeah, so for YouTube, as with anything, right, as with any other social media platform, there's so many different communities out there. You're definitely going to find something mm. you like. It's really easy to actually watch things if you're really interested in the yeah. topic of it. Yeah. So there are a lot of things like gaming. There's mm-hmm. gaming, there's like cooking, there's just vlog style, lifestyle, um, all of those things. And so I think you should really start with what you are interested in, mm-hmm. whether that be like sports commentary, if you want to check out, you know, the Olympics channel or NBC Sports, um, those are all great places to start. And they might be like really technical at first, and they might also not provide subtitles for your language. But I think um, if you're interested enough in it, I think you can also like go and search up things you don't know if you're yeah. ready for that mm-hmm. level. Yeah, that's actually a really good way. Like. Um picking up another language using what you're already interested in that's really good if you're not really available to watch youtube videos all the time and you want to use like um the little time you have like going from home to school or going from uh, like home to work i think listening to podcasts is also a really good way to do that and some um platforms where you can listen to podcasts are like spotify himalayas and definitely check out our podcast interverse media on spotify um (laughs) (laughs) yeah (laughs) and like it's definitely a really good way to practice listening and make use of all like the little times you have in Mm-hmm. Even though they're like really short, like you might just listen to it uh, five minutes uh, like in chunks, but like it'll really improve your listening skill when you do it for yeah, a I think um I would say something about podcasts is just I think you need to be at a certain level of proficiency before you yeah, can kind for of sure <laughs> reach that podcast uh-huh, level yeah. because with videos, you see a lot of visuals you, mm-hmm. you see like images, you kind of correlates right like associate those images with the words and things like that but with podcasts it's very easy to just have it be background noise like yeah like music and kind of lose your focus there um but if you are you know kind of at that level some podcasts i listen to on spotify uh joe rogan experience one of the classics it's like very famous in america a lot of people uh, watch it you know you can watch it on youtube you can listen to it on spotify mm-hmm. um and there's also the verge which I also yeah. listen to. So those two are more like uh, tech slash politics. Mm-hmm. So if you're interested in that, American issues, world issues, um, those are really great podcasts to listen to. Yeah. In addition would, to diverse media podcast. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. And I would actually like to um, add a little bit to that. I think even if you're not at a really high level, uh, it's also just nice to play as background music. Like even if you don't really pay attention to the content, but when you listen to native speakers talk, you really get the flow of language. And I think it's nice to do when you're first starting to learn a language, like at least for me, like in Korean, um, you get mm-hmm. like how people pronounce wor- words. And that's, I think that's important. Like developing yeah, I think, a sense um, of, mm-hmm. yeah. I think although it's not like really as effective if you're having as background noise kind of, um, if you just don't have time and you just want to have it while you're doing something else, mm-hmm. I think that's a really, good thing because I remember like sometimes when I have um like Korean dramas playing like the sound of it and like the pronunciation kind of gets stuck 
in my yeah. mind and I yeah, think exactly. that's a really great way to like improve your pronunciation and just mm-hmm. like the flow and just yeah, like the, the, flow of the um the, like the cadence of how you're talking mm-hmm. um I think like, at a certain point like when I was binging Chinese dramas like I was dreaming in Chinese <laughs> you know really like wow. you really know you've like reached a level when you're dreaming wow. in that language wow. <laughs> wait Mia, Mia do you dream in English or Chinese both Oh, like, wow. Yeah. Mm. It's pretty interesting. <laughs> I mean, like, if you're really immersing yourself in the language mm-hmm. and, like, listening to it for a really long time, especially before you go to sleep. Yeah. Dude, you're gonna dream. You're gonna dream in that language. Yes, yes, yes. Um, and that, that kind of goes to our last point, um, which is practice. Practice, practice, practice. It's really just all about practice. Um, the more you do it, the better you get. And there are a lot of ways to practice. The best way, as we mentioned, is definitely like to be able to speak to a native speaker, right? To understand another culture like from firsthand information, like that's always the best way. But if you don't have that opportunity, you can always practice with yourself. Like for me, when I was learning English, I like to talk to myself in the shower or just when I'm walking um yeah and for my sister she will record her voice um to check her pronunciation because sometimes when you're speaking it you can't really like hear what you're saying but once you record it it's really clear like what you're pronouncing things like what things you're pronouncing wrong um and then you can also like search a prompts online and kind of like give like an improv speech or write it down to practice speaking and writing skill you can also write journal in english that's also a really good way and you can read like novels that interest you or comic books yeah <laughs> that, these are like the first books i read in english are like comic books so what what comic book did you read I forgot. I was in fifth grade. Um, but I think, yeah, I really... Oh. <laughs> yeah. Oh. I know there's, like, Diary of a Wimpy Kid. I don't think that's a comic book. No, it's not. But, but I, that's, that, also... I think that, that was the first English book I bought. Yeah. Oh. The, wow. the, 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 the purple one, I still remember. <laughs> so back to the journaling thing you mentioned, I think starting a diary is really great practice, especially with writing, right? You kind of just mm-hmm. log your every day. Um, it can be, honestly, like... A video diary it could be a written yeah. diary video diary um, yeah video diaries seem fun you kind of like get to log your memories and mm-hmm. practice the language pretty yeah. pretty cool so you really need to like set some time for yourself every day it can be like mm-hmm. as little as 15 minutes where you're just continuously focused yes. on writing or speaking like recording yourself and mm-hmm. making sure you really build that into your routine so you yeah. can continue it every continue doing it every day um, I think you also have to consider, like, sure, like, learning a language will be fun, but you also need to put in the work if you want to get mm-hmm. the results. Yeah, um, for sure. Make it, like, a habit in your life. Yeah. 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 You, you, ha- you really have to practice every day, uh, 40 hours every day. Not 40 hours, but at least, like, five hours. <laughs> two <laughs> yeah, set reference. Two set, two set. Um, at least five minutes. Like, it doesn't need to be, like... Um, you know you're like just writing for five minutes it can even just be like you know watching a youtube video for five minutes or mm-hmm. listening but like actively to someone. Watching yeah but af- yeah have to you have to actively do it and do it every single day in order for you to improve yeah as with anything you want to be consistent mm-hmm. so another great point that mia brought up and i think it's the best way to learn the language is to speak with the native mm-hmm. way is to is to have a conversation with the native speaker um, because I think not only are you kind of developing a connection with someone um, else in that, you know, 
in that culture um, to kind of you know keep you accountable for learning the language and pushing you through that you're mm-hmm. also getting to really practice your speaking and listening and hold a real conversation right this is no longer just you memorizing vocab words and just like studying and all that this is like putting that all into practice so if you are looking for an opportunity to talk to a native speaker introverse does offer one-on-one lessons where we have tutors from high school to college pretty much following a set of curriculum but it can be like very flexible in what you want to talk about and so they're like 30 minute weekly lessons that you can sign up for at interversemedia.org mm-hmm. and the lessons are completely free yeah free isn't that yeah. great it's great <laughs> and definitely check out more available resources on our youtube channel Billy Billy, this podcast on spotify that you're listening to right now and our stories and blogs on our website again our website is interversemedia.org and our channel names across all those platforms is just interverse media mm-hmm. that pretty much wraps it up for today's podcast thank you guys all for listening and see you guys next time bye